0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Doze Knows. It's been a fabulous week here in Kona. Actually, last couple of weeks because the fishing has been going off. We've had all the big fishing tournaments going on. There's been a lot of fish caught and a lot of money won. A good friend of mine the other day, BT, actually caught a 700-pound marlin and won over $200,000. Yeah, talking about life-changing money right there. Sounds like fun. Wish it could have been me, but instead it didn't. It happened to BT. Congrats, brother. You deserve it very much. Uh, my friend Kevin Hibbard won a whole bunch of money. My friend Jeff Call won a bunch of money. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been going around all over the place with all those big fish. Um, so this episode of the show, I am having one of my friends, uh, William Crawford. We call him BC. He is a legendary fisherman over here, and this guy's traveled the world sailing and fishing and catching huge fish and sailing on uh, Peter Fonda's boat all over Greece and just all over the place, man. It's, he's got some really, really good stories, and he's fun to talk to, and I'm super excited to have him on the show. So let's give a big, warm welcome to BC. Yeah, buddy. B.C., welcome to Doze and Thank you, sir. How are you, brother, man? I'm so excited to have you on the I'm show. Great. I'm great. I'm a little nervous
1: about speaking into a microphone because I've never done that. I, I, I very rarely do that, so it's kind
0: of... Kind of new, but uh, we'll get we'll get through it. Go ahead. Heck yeah! Now, you know, I've been so excited to get you on here because you are just a man of the world who traveled everywhere. You've lived in an incredible life um, as a fisherman, as a sailor. Um, You know, uh, I'm looking at your house right here. It's full of trophies. It's full of killer paintings from the back in the day um, and photographs and marlin bills and um, I forget my favorite Mako Jaw there. I let that
1: Mako jaw is a story in itself right there. I can't
0: go tell me. <laughs> I want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's How further on. That on into, that's
1: further on into that hour here. It's okay, a, we'll come back to the Mako Jaw. Yeah, the Mako Jaw is one of my favorites. Tom Mitchell and Maui was a was a very close friend of mine, and he's Tom Mitchell framing, uh-huh. and um, I was his uh, employee of the month for uh, a couple months and. Uh, That mako jaw was a idea of uh, (laughs) when I was cleaning it. It was it was loose. When it dries, it stiffens. And uh, as I was cleaning it in the sink, it was, it, those jaws would be there, so when I'd get in an argument with my old lady, I'd pull it out of the sink and slap her in the butt with it.
0: <laughs> I'm sure she didn't like that. Oh, too no, well. she didn't like that at all. I got her a few times. <laughs> she got a couple of bite marks yeah, on Yeah, was bit by a mako shark. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you guys catch that shark? Uh, yeah, that was that little
1: one. I, we shouldn't have killed it. It hit a lure, but uh, we did. So I, I, I
0: made the jaw, so at least it... it Lives on forever. Now we've had um, a couple exciting weeks of fishing here. That's been going on with all the big I tournaments. Know, my and, son's been in all these tournaments, and the poor boys had a, just a run of bad luck. Mm. Yeah, Davy boy, he's on the Kona Blue. Yeah, he, and, he runs the Kona Blue for. And, uh, yeah, yeah it's owned by Clay. Clay. Yeah, yeah. and um, yeah, they they haven't had done that well this year. A couple of our friends have. Kevin Hibbard has been killing it. Kevin and Brian Tony won a bunch today. One, right, one yeah, of our good BT. friends on
1: the Marlin Magic. Yeah, BT. I think he was, uh, was uh, Doug Pattengill, I think,
0: was with him, too. Yeah, yeah. So it's been, it's been pretty exciting. It's, it hasn't been classic Kona where there's it, It's unbelievable monsters.
1: because the, the fishing was just up until the tournament season started, the tournament started. Uh, the fishing was excellent. I right. mean, there were big fish every day, and people were, are beating records from years past and how many marlin they're catching from the, from the
0: beginning of the year to this point. Oh, yeah. I went out just the day before the first contest, and I was only out for a couple hours, just a little holo-holo trip, and boom, got two marlin right off the bat. Yeah, and uh, we were like, yeah, then, this you is you know, gonna be awesome, and it turned right
1: classic off. Classic Kona, It slows down as soon as the the big money. Everybody's all excited about yeah catching the, the big one. And one thing about Kona, though is it has it happens the biggest blue marlin. It in the world. happens. My, my nine ninety seven. We we went all the way to Lee and we spent a couple hours fishing uh, down south. Is uh-huh. what we call it. Lee is about thirty miles south of. It's the one of the, of the last harbor. Fish fishing villages it, it, here on the Right, area. right. I have a pass, though. I, I know the Hawaiians down yeah. there, so they said I'm allowed to use the area. And uh, we caught one nice Miami, and the guy with our charter was real happy with that. But on the way back up, we got as far as uh, up to Captain Cook, and it was like three thirty-four o'clock, and the current was going south. And I thought, whoa, we better I put the throttles up a couple hundred uh-huh. RPMs to to get home at a little more reasonable time in those days we didn't care so much because fuel was
0: less way expensive <laughs> yeah like, way yeah.
1: cheaper <laughs> but uh they came up on the it came up on the short rigger and uh and uh, scotty pruner was my deck in and we put the guy in the chair and wore him out so scotty kind of helped crank it in which happens and we took it thinking that it was going to be a grander, and it had the measurements and everything to be a grander, but it turned out to be three pounds short of a really nice three fish. Three pounds short.
0: That's like a gulp of water. Uh, yeah, one Yeah, one. A little feed. Aug- one, yeah, one feed. Yeah, that's crazy. It is. And, and you know, that's, that's kind of how all these big fish are set by over here is if you get that grander, all of a sudden, now you're in the book. Well, yeah, yeah, you, you get on the wall. Yeah. Yeah, I, I never made the wall. Yeah, it's all right. Well, I, I had a couple playing playing on, but they,
1: they, they got away. One with the, um, what's his name, the little uh, kiwi. Uh. Anyway, we'll move on from there. But, yeah, so, you know. You, Bevan. Yes, yes, he's a good guy. He kid. was
0: my deckhand for a while, and he's just, he's the greatest guy to fish with in the world. Yeah, well, you know, you've got a big ter- uh tournament trophy right here from the Tart tournament. Yes, last
1: year at this time it's was in August and um, I went, I've i been in it uh, since 98. Uh-huh. And uh, Ken Corday that owns the TV show The Days of Our Lives is... The soap opera. Oh, yes. Yeah. It has uh, put it on for 25 years and he, he continues to do it and he's a great guy and just one of the most unassuming rich people People that you'll ever meet in your life. Right. He, he's he's, one, of like he's giving, one of the boys. He's one of the boys. Yeah, he loves everybody, loves Kona. And he continues to do it. He, char, he charters six boats a year, and one is a camera boat and five fishing boats, and he brings four of his friends over, and we get one guy each day for four, five days, and and uh, and then we have a, a big the captain's party on the Sunday before, fish Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then we have the uh trophy presentation on the following Saturday and uh and, and, and no expenses spared. It, everyone has that television is a gift from Ken uh, uh, He he
0: Oh boy, here we go. There's uh his telephone will yeah, no go. Yeah, no way about it. Let it ring. Yeah. And um now, you know you said you haven't caught that grandeur yet. That tournament's coming right up. Yeah. Oh yeah. no no! You there's always a chance, you know, you're going to catch that. Grander. You live in Kona. Yeah. Uh,
1: your chances of catching the granders. Anytime you put a we're lure we're closer on the water. to a thousand pound blue marlin here in Kona than in any place else in the world, practically. Absolutely. I'm Absolutely. I'm and there's a couple of places that have nice fish, but Kona has the calmest water. Yeah. And uh, it's a great place to fish. Yeah. The it's it's also because it drops down so fast. We start. We put the lures in the water before the thermostats open on the motors. That's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. Literally a yeah. hundred yards offshore <laughs> from the green buoy, less than a less than a mile, and and you're catching thousand pounds of blue bottom. Yes, Island. yes, that is absolutely. David Bode uh, uh, hooked up and pulled one of the harbor, still kicking. Yeah, uh, uh, really? It, yeah. It's 1,100-pounder that was still kicking when he was oh, coming gosh. into the harbor. It was just him and a Japanese uh, charter. Wow. And uh, uh, they couldn't get into the boat, they just the two of them. So they had it tied to the side of the boat, and they would,
0: <laughs> you know, put it up. It was right in front of the harbor. Wow. For everybody to see. For everyone to see. That is amazing. Full color. That is amazing. Now, you, I'm sure you've had some times where you've gone out there and... Um, found some like nets and floating debris, and it's just been just absolutely out of control. Fish biting, y- jumping. Yeah, so well,
1: I guess you'd call it National Geographic moments, right? Where you know the frigates are hitting the water, and the boobies are hitting the water, and the turns are hitting the water, and the turns are the, uh, the frigates are stealing from the turns, and you know, yeah, thousands sheets of flying fish. Wow, I mean, where the whole the whole. I can't say horizon, but the the, the the large sheets of flying fish, silver, yeah, and birds coming in from all angles and grabbing
0: them in the air and hitting the water. At and that going, point, you pretty much got every kind of fish out there. You've got when you have more, when, when,
1: when you have it. the turns when you have the turns over the bait, uh, you, you have a good chance of getting bit. When you have the turns and the boobies over the bait, you have a little better chance. But when you have the turns and the boobies and the
0: frigates. Uh, it's going on, it's going on yeah it's going sure. uh, how many uh, how many fish what's, what's your record for catching Marlin in a day?
1: Uh, my best day for Blue Marlin is five. Yeah. I think the state record is seven, huh uh, We caught on Maui one time after the line of jackpot tournament, Mike Dorego on the the Maggie Joe went home that Sunday night after the tournament and called me up the next morning and told me about a tuna school behind Lanai. So when we were booking the charter, we had two young guys. I told them, I said, get here at, you know, 5.30 and we're just going to run till we find the birds. And after about an hour and 40 minutes, I was going, oh, hell, I hope this isn't turning out to be a-. Again, that was back when fuel was a lot cheaper. Sure. But I hope this isn't a waste of our time. And we we spotted the birds, and we got four lures in the water and had a triple tuna strike. We ended up with seven in two hours between 130 and 170 pounds. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty exciting. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. And I, I got to call in a few of my friends. After we got seven, I said... <laughs> And so you know we you know, we can't let's not be that greedy. It's it's over now. And exactly. called in a few friends and
0: every, everybody everybody got to have a little bit of fun. But we we got seven that day. That's awesome. Now you um, you're originally from Santa Monica, California. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of tell me how things got started for you over well, there. It, I think you it, you kind of started over in the Marina del Rey. I heard a story that you were one of the whoop. first people to ever sail actually De De it
1: was like the seventh when we're in del rey we lived in the Venice canals we rented a little apartment in the Venice canals and and uh I did the rent back in those days it was like hundred and seventy five dollars a month mm-hmm. in a place now where if you had a the place that we had it would probably be three thousand dollars a month crap yeah the Venice canals are real popular yeah. nowadays. But back then it was just a, you know, just to hang out, and we had this little two-bedroom place, and we ended up ripping the wall out, so we had one big bedroom, and you know, I mean, it was we change, when you're young and stupid, you change. everything. our landlord said, "Where are you going with all that wood?" "Where's that? "Oh, no, 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 don't worry about it." We tore the whole wall out and made it one big flop house. But uh, when when they let me start, let me tell you the story. When we graduated from Samo High, Santa Monica High School, Samo High, in 1964, well, my friend Dick Sanders went to work for the telephone company, and I went to work at Mayfair Market on Wilshire Boulevard. And I was getting my hair done at J. Sebring, so I was making a lot of money in those days of $300 a week or some astronomical yeah. like amount like that. In those days, it was quite a bit of money. <clears throat> and uh, after a year of that, I got, I got into a fight with the third manager and punched him out and i had a little, I had a little sailboat and i went, got a six pack of beer and jumped to my sailboat and i was drinking the beer going oh my life is over i don't have a no way to yeah, blah, blah, blah. and i gotta i got uh my buddy that worked for, for the for the oh i goofed that story up, but
0: uh, that's all right. so these were these sailboats like those little Hobie cats yeah
1: no 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 little it's a
0: flat flat end they're called uh,
1: yeah they're they're flat on the front and flat on the back they're Uh called sabots. okay and uh, you just it's a one kind of a one person boat you just kind of cruise around but um, when they when they opened the hollow yard I I started painting boat bottoms Ah. and painting boats in Marina del Rey and one of my one of my customers that I was painting for told me that they were sailing to Hawaii and would I like to sail along. And I said, Well sure, you know, they had a thirty six foot angle been catched just a couple. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And we sailed over in those days you used celestial navigation and the guy that I was sailing for, George Floyd, was worked at Bishop and Berman and he was a mathematical genius so instead of using the two books that you normally use to navigate when you take your your sextant uh-huh. and you take the sun or the or a star or the moon to the horizon you go to the two books and you work out your your position through the n- numerical situation right. that is already Planned how high the it is at this time and where approximate what position, time of year what time of, of the, day yeah, yeah, yeah. northern hemisphere so anyway George was a, a genius and mathematician so he he just, he made his own numerical situation to figure out where we were as we sailed and he was right on it was a little angle and catch in sixty six we sailed over the sailed over the first time
0: nice now let's fall back just a little bit. Um, I remember you telling me how you got started in sailing. Um, the the harbor was empty. You know, right, was, yeah. Mar- no Marina yeah, yeah.
1: There. That's where I should have started. Is that my friend Dick Sanders, that, was, that I mentioned earlier, we went to work at the uh, with the telephone company, and we, we were sitting down having a beer one afternoon, and I worked at for Market, and he said we should learn to sail, and... I suggested. I said to him, "I said, well, there's sailing's for rich people." Uh-huh. And he said, "No, no, no. Al Adams, Captain Al Adams, has a little twenty-two footer down in Marina del Rey. Before there were any slips, there were pilings. Uh, but in a few of the what they call marinas now, every peninsula has its own little name." And uh, and Dick said, "No, we can. We can. Al Adams. So for." ten dollars an hour for one person twelve fifty for two for so for you can learn how to 25 for, bucks or, you, yeah. we would tack to the top of the marina and then put the spin, spinnaker up and and sail, guide it back down and pull it down and tack back up and we did that about 300 times in three or four weeks right and uh, we we're pretty proficient sailors we knew the knew the the system to do it properly right, and right. dick sanders his father had a little market and Bought us in Erickson 32, so Dick and I would sail to Catalina and meet chicks, and sail to Newport Beach and <laughs> meet girls, and we we had a lot of fun about meeting and, the girls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and back in those days, I mean, what do you need a six pack of beer and two gallons of fuel? Right. This is what in like what 64, 65. Uh, like yeah, 66. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And we'd sail over to Catalina, just Dick and I would. It, it was good fun it
0: was a, a good deal of, that, that was the time when the beach boys were just in their prime right i would say yeah yeah the, the beach boys were in their prime Surfings
1: and just we, starting to really hit it uh, yeah yeah all yeah all that stuff was happening it was we we weren't involved in the sex, drug, and r- drugs and rock and roll that much because
0: we had the sailboat and we were spent more of the time on the sailboat. Right, right. And so then it progresses. You end up leaving. You go to Hawaii. Uh, what, what, yes, from Del
1: Rey. I was working at the boat at the out yard, painting boat bottoms, and uh, I was a proficient enough sailor to. To uh, impress a few people. And this couple invited me, George and Betty Floyd, invited me to sail to Hawaii with them. Uh And that was the first time in 1966. Right. And then you went another time on Errol Flynn's boat. Sirocco. Yeah, Yeah. we sailed over here on Sirocco that same year in 66. And there was another one, but I can't remember. From from California to Hawaii, I've sailed about 12 or 13 times. And back, uh, I don't know... Uh, eight or ten wow yeah but you know it, it, we, how many days would it take you mm, our fastest my, our fastest trip was in the 69 transback race was uh nine days and nine days and eight hours or something like that Yeah, yeah. but now they're doing it much faster the sleds that they're building now are uh-huh. are big surfboards with masts on them and they they skip across the surface with more you know, like a five it, day. Oh yeah, Four, no, yeah. seven, eight days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2200. Some f- of these Matson ships they get over here pretty fast. Yeah, but on the sailboat now they're doing you know a good sailboat doing twenty five knots. But yeah, my my best slide on a sailboat was seventeen. But
0: yeah, if you're working twenty five knots the whole way, you're 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 moving, you're moving, and yeah. you're tired. Yeah. Well. You take enough crew. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You guys work in shifts and stuff. Single handers are crazy. Now, you were also telling me about, um, you know, there's a big high pressure that sits over the Pacific. And, you know, coming to Hawaii is easy. Yeah, uh, you, yeah,
1: it's easy winds. to get around the bottom of the high. The high, in the northern hemisphere, the high stays between Hawaii and California, and it, it, the wind goes in a clockwise direction, and the high is... So you're working off the bottom of that high. Uh, to come here, to you come do. To here, and that creates and, our trade winds. And, yes, and in order to go back, you've got to go well north to go around the top of the high. Right. So from from um, from when you're coming here... You, you travel just a few degrees uh, south of your your course. You want to stay in about the ten twenty four isobar line. Uh-huh. But going back, the high you got to go a thousand miles north, and it's best to leave from Kauai and because that gives you it, it'll go straight up on one tack, and then when you make your turn, you can start falling off and get into the uh, the northwesterlies on mm-hmm. the other side. Right, right. So you're headed up towards like Midway Island. Oh, like, not quite that high. You had and like like you like, like to Oregon or
0: something like that. Yeah, yeah. And wow, then you then, you then you start peeling off. Did you ever see anything cool? You know, you've crossed these oceans so many times. Oh, uh, one one year we
1: we were t- going back. Uh, let's see, what boat was it? Uh, I forgot. But well, we had a, a few girls. with us. there were three or four girls and three or four guys, and none of us were really couples, but. We we put on some swingers. Yeah, we we had some fun, (laughs) but uh, we we decided to go through the high. We added a little bit more fuel on, and motored right through the high. And like I told you earlier, we're we're collecting glass balls by the you know we we well there were six of us or seven of us, and we all had three or four or five glass balls when we got to back to California. We finally had to give it up because there was just no more room, and it was too dangerous to yeah. keep we had them under our mattresses and our bunks and stuff no like way. that, so
0: so they wouldn 't fall and break obviously now you 've uh, traveled all over the world you, um, you were actually um, on a boat called the tatouche yeah you know, Tom Russo was my roommate in the Venice canals, and
1: i i we, we did we sailing was our the way to make money, and what we were doing. Uh, we were repairing boats and painting boats and doing uh, sailing as the way that we started in, on the ocean. and And uh, I did an Acapulco race and I ran into a really fun lady down there and ended up spending another week. So when when I finally got home, my my partner, roommate, and partner Tom Russo said, "We, we got to go down. You're going to take you to the dock. I got this boat. I want you to see." And I said, No man, I just got off boats. I don't wanna see a boat. I'm tired of boats. I just wanna rest for a few days. Right. They have to be with this You're really, in the, the desert. Yeah, right? yeah. No, I said, No, 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 we gotta go. I said, Oh, okay. So we load into his his Austin Healy and head down to Rina Del Rey and we open this gate with with the key and I said, Is it that one? Said, no. Is it was that one? And said, no, and it was the one at the in dock the 80 foot in dock it was called tattoos and it was peter fonda's catch that he had bought just right after he got his royalties from easy the rider. Movie, easy rider yeah. yeah 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 and yeah. Uh, he paid a couple hundred grand for it and in those days you know it, right now it, today it would sell for millions but in those days it was a couple hundred thousand dollar boat now did you sell with peter all over the world uh, well when when we uh, when, when Tom took me down to the boat and we were sitting on the boat, there was this old seventy year old captain that came with the boat uh, It was built for Hugh Pasco, who was married to uh boeing 's daughter right and it was uh, you know all titanium instead of stainless steel and you know really a, a big, strong, beautiful motor sailing catch. And uh, I said, who's this guy? And Tom says, well, that's the captain they sent with the boat. I said, well, he ain't going to work. <laughs> and, you know, for us, I mean, yeah. it's Peter Fond and you know, the guy you, you can imagine. And So we called, it up, Peter. Yeah, we called yeah. up Peter. Yeah, we called it Peter and said, hey, man, he said, we can't hang out with this guy telling us what to do. we got to do it on our own. And he goes, well, fire him then, you know? <laughs> <laughs> over the telephone. <laughs> So we told the guys, said, "Hey man, you got to pack your bags and leave." So when he packed his bags, we started changing the colors, right? And uh, we brightened up the bread, the the cabin top, and we rainbowed the spinnaker pole, and uh, we sailed Hawaii. This was back during the hippie. What year was that? Oh man, seventy four, seventy three, seventy four, something like that. Oh yeah. Just- oh, I mean there was there were boats. And, and <laughs> we had the Namsang for a while, That this guy, this friend of ours, purchased illegally. Uh, he was doing the, with that bank. Back in the old days, the, the people were smarter than the computers. Actually, there weren't computers in those days, and he was floating checks and bought this 60-foot boat called the Namsang, and we were sailing the thing around with no motor for six months. We were we just loved
0: sailing. We were sailors. right. right absolutely. Now you guys um <clears throat> went to Greece and you met a guy named Giannis.
1: Tell
0: actually me about that. actually Peter, well, Peter got a, got
1: got us ready, got, told us to get ready we we're going to sail around the world on the tattoos. Mm-hmm. And uh that was in the like June or July of 1975. And uh so we took off from from Hawaii. And sailed to the Marquesas, and uh, spent a oh I don't know three or four weeks uh, a month. It's five. I forget the exact times and dates. We'll have to go through my passport to figure it all out later okay. for it to be accurate. But uh, we we went from Manuka Eva to Fatuiva to you know and and had a great time in the in the Marquesas three. and then the Tuamotus. Yeah. Of course, we had to stop at it uh rangaroa uh, and then we went to Papeete and hung out in Papeete and then Peter had to go home Peter had to go home and um we immediately took the boat to Bora Bora right and anchored in front of the Bora Bora hotel for
0: Quite a while. Oh,
1: I, yeah. We, I heard
0: some stories. You had to about, check
1: in every three months and I think we checked in three times.
0: <laughs> well I heard some stories about you being Santa Claus oh, at Oh yeah, yeah, Monty Brown was the
1: manager. <laughs> Monty Brown was the manager of the Boreboard Hotel and it was like October. Right. And he said, Oh, you'd be a perfect Santa Claus. <laughs> and you know, and I said, ah, you sure I'll be Santa Claus. So I had a big beard at the time. Right. And, Monty, we were sitting there drinking. He, that was the best part. Was having the, we had the tattoo singer in front of the Borbo Hotel, and Monty let us use the Borbo Hotel, and we let him take his guests on the tattoos when when uh-huh. he had good friends come in. You know? <laughs> and it worked out really great. So every night there was a different dance group, a Tom and Ray dance group, and. We, Tahitian, Tahitian. Oh, was just—we loved it. You were uh, all single back in the day, huh? Uh, yeah, okay. we were all pretty much single back, and uh, you couldn't carry too many people. To you know, we had to. We, we, we traveled with nine and kept the boat with four or five, right? And um, some we we anchored in front of the Hotel Bora Bora for I, I don't know. Uh, we spent some time in Huahini with Richard Shamel and uh, Morea. We, we, there's a little little bay in, in Morea We're in front of the Bali High Hotel and uh, me and Gail and Ike and, and Richard Shamel and oh, there was Richard and uh, Craig Whitney went into um, um, what's his name? Hugh Kelly had started the Ballet Hotels with Jay. And Mac McCollum, and uh, they they invited us to dinner at their house, and and they had matching houses, L-shaped houses in front of the hotel. It was hey, yeah, sure. Yeah. So they threw Hugh he, he threw us the key to the to the line the the wine locker and said, here, pick a bottle, pick a bottle of wine. And he was then making a spaghetti and a Caesar salad for us, and you know us being us, we went. Pleh. Oh, it's a nice bottle, and Ike went, this is a nice bottle, and Gail went, oh, we all opened up a bottle apiece, <laughs> and when we sat down, we had $3,200 worth of wine sitting on the table in front of us, Hugh Kelly shit his pants, <laughs> <laughs> well, you Wait. said get a bottle of wine, yeah, we yeah, did, yeah, we, did. yeah <laughs> we got a bottle apiece,
0: <laughs> you guys must have been just some bronze, Sailing Playboys Back then In the day I'm Yeah Getting all the yeah. Chance. Actually, sure actually, was just Loaded We were young And
1: our skin Was still thick And, uh, right. and uh, yeah we're, Diving we're, for your, for your uh, Meals Yeah pe- Everybody wanted To hang out With us Believe me Everybody yeah. wanted To hang out With us From far and near I I met this Beautiful young artist Who oh. lived on Morea And her family's quite well known Down there Vias Sullivan She's passed away Uh huh but uh, I have one of her paintings in my bathroom here that that I don't know is worth six or seven thousand dollars. But yeah. you know, I mean, I would never sell it. But Vaya was a friend, and Giannis Thomas. I met Yannis Thomas in, in uh, Morea. He uh, and ran who a little Giannis? tell me who Yannis is. Yannis uh, is this Greek guy, he's a short uh, Greek man, and he. It was, back in those days, we were men; we were all overgrown kids. But <laughs> um, he got fed up with the eating, right? Because it was so expensive. It was a small it, jar of peanut butter was fifteen or dollars or eight dollars or whatever. As expensive he, Yeah, ED, well, it's really expensive. And uh, so, you know, me, he says, "Screw this place! I'm headed back to Greece, and I'm going to start a. We went uh, a, a water skiing school, and when you get to the Mediterranean, call me." And Peter called up and said, well, he couldn't be that far away from Hollywood, because you can't... It's a hot item. Yeah, right. You've got to be on deck to get get the next... There wasn't no G4s and G5s back then. No, you you couldn't uh, do that, exactly. If you wanted work, you had to be on station... Right. So he was calling the boat back, and I had planned on sailing around the world. It so happened that there was a boat called Firebird that was in in Papaya at the same time, and I went over and talked to them and told them what the situation was, and they said, well, we have this other guy that's supposed to join us, but if he doesn't show up for some reason, you got the job. And I said, well, good. So as we were preparing the tattoos. To head back to Hawaii. Uh I had dinner several times with the uh, um the owners w- of the, firebird. The, yeah, the owners of the firebird, Sam Renborg and and uh he owned Neutralite, uh-huh. and, and Amway had just bought him. Huh. So he went from zero to thirty three million in in two weeks and that's they he bought the boat and he was gonna sail around the world. So after a couple of dinners together, they said, "Well, if the guy shows up, you can still go." Well, it turns out the guy didn't show up. So me and Sam and uh, uh, Bob, the skipper, and um, another friend of ours was the cook. Um, He'll be mad that I forget his name. I hope he doesn't listen (laughs) Um, because I'm under pressure. I've never done an interview like that. A podcast, excuse me. (laughs) And oh, so they said, you, you got the friend. job, you got the job. And I went, Yahoo, we're finally going around the world instead of going back to Hawaii. Because I'd already been to Tahiti and back to Hawaii, and yeah. I wanted to continue on. So you got off of Peter Fonda's poetry. I got off the tattoos and got onto yeah. the Firebird, packed yeah. my, my slitz box with all <laughs> my belongings. <laughs> <It's cold liquor>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody talks about Equal pay and fifteen dollar an hour minimum. We were working for fifty bucks a week at room and board at the time. Right, <laughs> absolutely. It was good fun. So where'd you go from there? Uh, from there, we went to uh, around uh, South America. Or? No, no, we stayed on the we stayed on the equator. Yeah, we stayed right on the equator, you and went went I went the from Tahiti to to uh, this, uh, Panama Canal. Uh, no, 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 Tahiti, right on the equator, towards Australia. Uh, From Tahiti went to, uh, island hopped, island hopped. Oh, man, I should have done my homework for this one here. But uh, New Caledonia was a stop. Uh, uh, We ended up in, oh, excuse me, we ended up in um, Sydney. Right. But uh, one stop we made was the Seychelles. Beautiful, we're one of unbelievable. The most beautiful places on the. Farm. Unbelievable, the Seychelles were. I mean, Bora Bora is the most beautiful island's place in the world, in my opinion, yeah. and I'm sure there's better. But, but uh, the Seychelles were a real close second. Not Mahi, which is the main Seychelles
0: island, but the outlining islands were sure. really. And that's that's with a lot of these islands. You know, you look at a lot of these Pacific islands. Like Fiji and stuff like that. You oh yeah, the all the little island. atolls and all the places. The right time of year, they're wonderful places
1: to be. Right, but the wrong time of year, you can get killed. So absolutely, you got to keep moving. That that was the skipper's job was to keep us in the safe zone mm-hmm. as
0: as it went on. And this was before you know we had any of this. You know. Super technical meteorology and stuff like that. Right, you
1: know? but keep in mind that at this time there was yeah there was a very very sparse electronics. There were right. You, you didn't have GPSs and you didn't have you know, very well. You had to pay attention big time. Pay attention. Yeah,
0: big and, time, and so navigate and so on. Yeah, and so um, you guys came around through the Seychelles. What did you guys cross through the Suez? Well, when. You know? the one one place we stopped was uh Suvero,
1: which was a little island in itself and we got the information that we had. the only way you could get get in was uh, to meet somebody who had been in and they drew you a chart Well, we were we used a piece of rice paper uh, with a with a number 2 pin and i mean they would not pen in a pencil and we scratched around this thing, and it, it showed you the entrance to the to the island because we we were the seventy five foot boat. And a lot of the places were too small. Sure, but uh, this place was especially interesting because there was a man that lived on there by himself for eighteen years, named Tom Neal. And uh, so the entrance to the it wasn't a, a straight through cut in the reef. It was a kind of an L shaped cut. And when legal. you got back got back into the Lagoon, you turn right and anchored right there. And as we were cleaning the boat up, Tom Neal was standing on the beach. He was the only man that lived on his atoll, and he was standing there. And we were cleaning up, and we loaded up five, three, you know, three or four boxes of canned foods and a carton of cigarettes and you know whatever what we thought, you know, bandages and as much as we could afford to to offer this guy. Sure. And uh, when we got ashore. He wasn't there, and we, we were walking around going, Tom, Tom, and we walked through, the, and finally we hear this in the back, I'm back here, I'm back here. He he had less interest. He hadn't seen anybody in three months, and he had no interest in actually talking to anybody. He didn't care one way or the other. Wow, wow. <laughs> Out of the four box four or five boxes of, of, of canned foods and stuff that we'd put together to give to him, he gave us back three. Oh no way.
0: Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm cool. I yeah.
1: I said, "Tom, what do you need?" He said, "I need bees. Bring bees. next time you come through, bring me bees." Really? Because so- he had to pollinate himself. Ah. Yeah. You know, that was the bees where carry the pollination. Right. Right. Then he told us stories about a, a Filipino fishing boat had crashed on the island one time. They actually they weren't fishing. They had been collecting opua shells or some kind of triangular shaped shell that they make bracelets out of. Huh. And they had millions of these things, and they crashed on his on his uh,
0: on the his windward beach, side the of his beach, yeah right.
1: the windward side of his island, and and they all, he said it was a miserable month that he had to spend with these guys. Oh, he got a Oh yeah, they were had him. They were taking over his place. He he
0: ah, he ah. built
1: it all himself. Pork and peas every night. He day. was uh, he took used to take Tom Neal. Has a book called An Island to Oneself. If anybody ever sees one, steal it, grab it, buy it, do the it. The island right. or the book? The, the book. <laughs> an Island well, to I Oneself. A, if I see an island for myself, I'm going to uh, steal it. An island. island to Oneself is what the name of the book. And uh, It's a short, it's only a couple, it's only a hundred pages, but
0: uh, grab it. And Tom Neal was quite a character. He was a character. So you guys, you guys leave Tom's island... You guys, then... Well, we stopped in New Caledonia. New Caledonia. Where we got busted for,
1: we, they, we showed them our guns and showed them our ammo. Uh-huh. And they didn't think we had enough, the gendarmes, it was French run. Okay. And uh, so they said, well, there's not enough bullets here for the amount of guns you have. I mean, uh-huh. we had bullets, we had a shopping bag full of bullets, with one for each gun, but they, he, they didn't think we had enough. Uh-huh. So they searched the boat and... Found some boats,
0: and we got a little bit of a there. Right. But you guys were actually heading into... To Australia. Uh, into Australia. But from there, when you're running through Indonesia, along that whole area of the coast, that's when you really start coming into pirates,
1: right? Uh, no, you don't actually meet the pirates until you leave the Seychelles. After you leave Australia, you go to around, and then the Seychelles are right are on cutting? the uh the east coast of like the top Yemen. of of Africa right, right Africa? exactly and uh, then we we got to go into the red the, uh, sea into the gulf of aden right. into the suez canal to get to the mediterranean but but back then in 76 they loved us oh yeah we had, i don't know who was the president in '76. Oh my gosh, I forget who was the president, but Nixon? we didn't—we yeah, we didn't have any oh, wars right. back then, and it was like they were—they—they they used to pull on the hair on my blonde hair on my arms and, in fascination because they—they were pretty rare to see as blonde as I was. Yeah, yeah. And, but nowadays they'd kill you. <laughs> I mean, if we—if right. we—but they did. You know, they had their. We put tacks on the decks at uh-huh. night when we were transiting the Suez Canal. Right, so nobody... So, so you know, if they did try to
0: rob you, you would hear them going, ouch, ouch, really quick. You know, a lot of the, you know, third world countries that you go to even now, you know, top of their walls, if they put a wall around their house, they have it with... Broken glass, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, stuff like that.
1: That was the pilot. When you travel through a canal, you have to have a pilot. Right. And the pilot is to ensure that you know that you don't make any mistakes in your transit. You don't and, die. And he yeah. brought his own food. We had food, and he was with us for two nights and three days, I uh-huh. believe. But it was his idea to do that. So in the, in the morning... <laughs> Sweep all the tax up before you start walking around. Oh, that's a good idea. That's yeah. a really good yeah. idea.
0: So if they come on, if they board you, so then you guys get over into the Mediterranean. Now you're you're in a Grecian wonderland. Well, I, with, we stopped in Haifa, yeah, in Israel, uh huh. And there was,
1: you know, we, we you know, they, they try to rob you, you know. But, oh, here I'll exchange your money. I'll exchange your money because they want to. You know, you know, do the, they liked them in those days? They liked the American dollar, Sure. So they gave you, you know, people were always trying to rip you off through because they knew more about it than we did. We were tourists. So we right. could, so to speak. Yeah. There's and, no. Uh, there was no iPad that has a currency change. And so we there. got back on the boat after a couple of days in Israel, and we said. Uh, We've had enough of Egypt and Israel. Let's get to Greece where we can do some dancing and have some fun and do some stuff. <laughs> and uh, we, our first stop was Rhodos. Uh-huh. Rhodos, Greece. There's an island, a big island out in front. And then uh, I decided to meet Giannis Thomas right in Porto Haley, where, where you guys had Where we agreed to meet. To so I, I got off the firebird. Um got to Athens, uh, got on the hydrofoil, which works beautifully in the in the Greek Peloponnesus, and uh you take the you take the um hydrofoil to the last stop, which is called Porto Heli. and you can look it up on the computer and it uh, pulls into the dock and the dock is like Kauai High. Really, and you know what yeah. "quiet" means in English, right? No, tell me, Bakersfield, <laughs> <laughs> dry, uh, dry desolate. and dusty and sandy and dusty, yeah, <laughs> middle of nowhere. <clears throat> well, that's what it was. Port Haley, that side, but it was this huge bay, an entrance about a half a mile wide, and it was inside was a bay that was uh, three miles wide and four miles long. And we had a water skiing school in front of the Piela. Oh, I I got off the hydrofoil, and I'm standing there with my bags, and I'm going, I sure hope this Giannis Thomas, my Greek buddy, I sure hope this son of a bitch wasn't pulling my leg, you know, or should I say pushing my leg? And uh, across this across this dusty dock comes this thing, this you know Volkswagen thing. And I load. I, I jump in, throw my bags in. We go over to the house. I got my room, and the next morning I'm learning how to teach sailing off a dock in Heli Greece, in German and French and Greek and Now, how beautiful are the women over there? Oh, the, the, the Greek women are absolutely beautiful, uh, although they're extremely Catholic. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But the the women that we were teaching sailing to were. Scandinavian, you know, French and sure. and uh, uh, uh Sophia von Selsing and Erim uh-huh. Gertrude, Gertru Christa Kolschba, uh-huh. German and Swedish and and
0: um we didn't go Did everybody love being topless back then. Right?
1: Uh it, it was kind of difficult in Greece because it was it's extremely Catholic. We had a little part of the beach where the girls did oh, take their tops off but we took the tops off at the appropriate times in the appropriate spots we didn't want to piss anybody off sure sure wait until you got up to like france and stuff where it's like totally acceptable. <laughs> well, d- or- yeah well france was a kind of a brief stop but we did have some fun in france but Greece, i did two seasons in porto Alegre, and we we uh, we had we had a great time yeah what My- about drugs you know, well, well you you know, drugs, are drugs are or? extremely, you know, extremely proud you know, on. You could get in a lot of right? trouble. Yeah, but But Giannis told me, he said, "Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go up to this place, and we're going to plant seeds. And grow, and up then when wheat. the seasons are, because it's like sunrise is five thirty in the morning and sets at nine o'clock at night, right? And in part of this place, we were. So you take." You you get to work at 6 o'clock in the morning, you work till like 11, then you take from 11 to 3 or 4 off, and then you work from 4 to 8 or 9 doing these ski lessons. Right. And a ski lesson is 15 minutes, and we were doing 60 a day. Right. We had a barefoot bar off the side of the bow, and we'd give them the, the basic, the beginner's tips right on the dock. Wow. One person would be working right on the dock and give them the beginner's tips. We'd get skis on them, throw them in the water. We'd, they'd hang on to the bar, and we you'd sit three feet away from them. And you'd say, okay, bend your knees, bratton du déjeuner plié in French, and blah, blah, and so... And uh, you'd have them up, and you'd put them on the rope in the back, take them back to the dock, and the next one, please. And by the second or third week of each season... There there were forty five girls
0: sit standing on the dock ready to go next. Ready to go. They're like, Take me. I bet you had yeah. a whole lineup in the evening. Like, <laughs> 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 we had a we Who's had a
1: guys? guy we had a guy this is this is a true story. We had a guy he came to the dock and says I, I wanna hire you. Yeah. And I said, well, what are you talking about? Actually I had a couple of these, but he said, I wanna hire you my boat's right outside Porto Haley. So you go out the entrance, turn right, and I'm down. Bring extra fuel. My wife wants to get towed, you know, for hours. Uh-huh. You know, she, wa- she loves to ski, and she'll, you can take break, break. <clears throat> So I, I jump in the boat a little bit later than usual, about 7 o'clock, 8 or 7.30, run, run around outside Fort Haley, turn right, and there's a 120-foot burger with a boom pole off the side, with uh, small sailboats, as you know the the surfboard sailboats uh-huh. not not wind surfers, but they and and ski boats and they're skiing and they're jumping in the water, and there's a slide. a hundred off uh, yeah, a hundred and thirty foot burger, and they're they're already doing what he had hired me to do, so I pulled up and said what's going on here?" I said no no, no yes, yes, yes I want your service I want fine, so his wife comes down, jumps in my ski boat. We go back into Puerto Haley, and I drag her around for a couple of 15-minute tours. We sit in the boat and eat some grapes and drink some wine. She jumps back in the water, skis a few more times, and then we go back to this 120-foot burger. Uh-huh. We tie it off to their boom pole along with all their little watercraft and we'll walk up on, on on the rail. And we have, what do you want for lunch? I said, what do you got? And he said, whatever you want. And I said, well, I'll take a hamburger and some French fries. He said that's easy so we eat our hamburger and french fries have another glass of wine and this man and I, I I've forgotten his name and I, but we're standing on the rail looking off in the, into the ocean and he looks at me and he says I really envy you
0: <laughs> he's got this like, what, what the fuck are you talking about man
1: I <laughs> uh, so, well that's good <laughs> And then, and then uh, a couple months later, uh, we were there for, I don't know, four or five months each time. Uh, the season's led long. And uh, I got um, uh, a young young man, a young American in Greece, which is kind of unusual, uh, comes to Porto Heli and says, "I, you're, you're the only American. I said, I said, yeah, yeah, what's up? And he goes, well, I have some people coming to Greece, and they have a house down the road here and we'd really like it if you would be the maitre d kind of sure. guy you know the, to to keep things organized between the 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 kitchen and the the tables breakfast lunch and dinner and i said yeah yeah that's no, what's the problem Man, bring your best clothes okay i'll bring my best clothes i aloha shirts and <laughs> and shorts and and it, well, i get to this place and it's, you know, it's a spread it's a the Kaiser Mansion in in Greece, and the, the kitchen is twenty feet tall, lined in stainless steel, and there was a chef and a and a another girl that was serving, and I was doing the serving. Would I you know I drink some mozo and uh-huh. I'd go out and take the you know we were I was serving dinners on plates that were custom-made for Henry Kaiser in 1943. Wow. Blues, burgundies, golds, all gold-lined and gold-leafed. Uh-huh. A, a different color plate every day for five days. Wow. And uh, serving serving this, there were six of them, and they were doing an oil transaction deal, uh-huh. the Kaisers
0: from the Kaiser family. Right. And uh, that was kind of exciting. Now I heard I've heard stories of you being on boats with you know, I'm gonna keep pressuring you on this because, you know, this was back in the seventies, man. Everybody was smoking weed back then. Um the spirit of love, you know, naked chicks on
1: the boats. Well, that was you know, when we had the tattoos it was it was and we stayed in Hawaii. We could negotiate those deals. But but when you travel internationally, you got to really be careful. Uh-huh. Oh, that's what I was telling you. Giannis and I were watering the plants uh-huh. okay, three, or, three or four nights a week for three or four months. And finally, at the end of three or four months, we had these six-foot plant. six plants, five yeah. of them. And we, you know, one, one day we went to water, and one of the plant branches was broken, and we thought immediately that we were busted. Oh, somebody's been here, you know. I mean, it was a bird that was chewing on the damn thing. Is what we finally <laughs> figured out. Well they were just so heavy with buds. Yeah, well, yeah, it was coming to that point where when you, when you see your plant finally develop into a bud situation, right. you're, well, Now I know what we're talking about, right. you know, <laughs> from the difference from leaves to actual colos. And so uh, at the end of the summer, we were, we were headed to France. We were going to uh, close, put all the ski boats away and put the docks up in the house and and change everything around so and get on the road. We had a little uh, Renault 5, and uh, with the foot on the pillow, the pedal on the floor of the thing did about 80 kilometers. But uh, we cut the plants and took them home and trimmed them all up, and we had a... Uh, well, one of the court sandwich bags uh-huh. full of buds, you know, and so we're, we're headed from Greece. We go to the the west west side of Greece. Excuse me, the east side of Greece, and there's a there's a ferry that takes cars and everything to Brundisi, Italy, and then from once you get to Italy, it's a drive all the way to you know the to all the way up we Monaco we did well you know when you get a so we we put parked the car on the underbody of the ferry and you get a room it's like a one like a jail cell but it's a one person room <laughs> and uh we wake up the next morning and have some coffee and some breakfast and do 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 the boat's hitting the dock you know here we go we get down and we go in to get in the car and we, we, and the front of the ferry comes down and cars start moving, and there's uh, four gendarmes on each side with German shepherds sniffing cars. Ah! Uh, and we've just been smoking weed in the car, and we got a pound to in the, in the in our life. What year was this? Nineteen seventy-seven. Wow! And. Uh, that was the thing. 1977 was the year that the Germans were bombing everybody in Greece. Remember uh-huh. that? Yeah. Uh-huh. So we pulled up to the thing and we we rolled the windows down and we we're waving our hands and blowing and turned the air conditioner up full blast and going, "Holy shit, we're going to jail. We're busted. We're going to jail." And they go, "Guys, John Diamond looks in the window. Says passports, and I hand him mine. And Giannis answers, "You're Greek? Yes, obviously. And You're American? Yes, obviously." And they say pass through, and we just oh, man, it's like we like we just took the best shit of our lives. Or <laughs> the dogs never <laughs> left. The dogs never left the never left the curb, and we went up, got up about I had another half mile where you change your money from lira to from uh, drachma to lira and to. And uh, we asked them, what, uh, the dogs are sniffing for dynamite.
0: Ah. Uh-huh. They weren't they sniffing. They weren't even trained for weed. No, they didn't even know. They not not have fatty. They didn't even know what, pod, what even it was. And I got pulled over once and I had a... Because in Europe, you can do time. I mean, big time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Back, back in the oh. 80s, man, I remember I uh, got pulled over once. I just lit up this big old fat Rasta joint. Yeah. And uh, I was... Uh, in Europe? No, no, no. I was in Texas. Uh, in Texas. I was, uh, I had just moved out there. I was building a golf course. It was my day off. Went out to a lake. I was going to go just chilling at a lake. I, was, I had to get in the water, right? And uh, fired up this big old fat joint. And I was so high. I put that thing right in the ashtray. And it was burning. And all of a sudden, the freaking, it got pulled over. The thing's still burning. Huh? Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. High as a kite. And cop pulls right up to me. It looked like Chi-Chi Chong video pouring out the window, you know. And uh, he's like, hey, you know why I pulled you over? You were speeding. Um, can I see your driver li- driver's license and registration, please? And gave it to him. Still, the whole time, joints burning. You know, um, I give him the stuff. He comes yeah. back, writes me the ticket, and as he hands me out, he's like, "Hey, you might want to put that thing out next time." <laughs> you know? And I looked down. I was like, "Holy shit! Yeah, you where'd you that know? come from?" <laughs> anybody was super cool. Let me go. And, but yeah, I know exactly what. You're oh yeah, about. occasionally you got you
1: got to be you got to be the uh, being smart is when the cops show up at the party you got to walk out before they walk in you exactly. know you got to get the hell out of t- dodge and, and uh, there's a some somehow that w- i've been really lucky that way i've never been really busted and i've had plenty of opportunities you've had some close calls
0: had some real close calls yeah i've heard um there's some stories going around about you with like briefcases or trash bags. Oh uh, yeah, no, we had not trash bags. We
1: had shopping bags. But that that actually we never even uh, that that wasn't even a close call. It was a it was a well-orchestrated uh, uh motion picture. Yeah. Uh, the the guys who the guys who 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 put it together had had done it once or twice and there there were no loose ends. There were no uh, there were no uh, malfunctioning. Oh, were you guys selling weed or no, no, no. We just delivered a little bit. Just delivered some, picked yeah, up yeah. Cash and- yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, we needed tie sticks. Were popular and right. We had a good tie connection. It was a family. Yeah. It wasn't a cartel. Right. And uh, the family brought it to us, and uh, we did them a favor. It was we didn't arm any. Cosa Nostra or any right. bad guys. Or what do you call it in Thai? It would be a different name than Cosa Nostra. But, um,
0: but we, those, were the, those were the
1: things back in the day where the Thai states. We, we sailed, we sailed uh, 11,600 miles in 92 days. Holy shit. Yeah, uh, Just three of us with, I don't know, five or six tons. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, uh, hey, in case anybody's listening, you know, I regret what I did in the past. You yeah, know, that was in the past. They, they gave, yeah, that was something I did when I was stupid. Yeah, I was a kid. Hillary of the house gets away. We're in right That's now. what Hillary no. says. <laughs> it's just, as long as Hillary can
0: get away, I should be able to get away. Exactly, <laughs> Hillary. Hillary gets away with everything. So. Try right <laughs> exactly. out, BC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean,
1: it was like well, you know when it was over. My, <clears throat> our producer, our the guy who put the whole program together uh we got to go to the house after we, and he had the, the waxed all the garage doors and all the doors in the garage so no fumes would get out and, uh-huh. and uh, we walked in there and they, he had, he had a room i don't know a 1000 square foot room this drying, full drying and it was, it was we had it all in a little sailboat you know they crush they squish it all down and make it put in into tins and then put it in burlap bags yeah and uh, and then uh, well, it's, the, it's so much different from how it, they do it today then a know? couple of weeks later he said I'll meet you at Spanglers I'll meet you at Spanglers in San Francisco and I we drove to Spanglers and he gave me Two shopping bags
0: full of 20s, 50s, and 100s. Jeez. That felt good, huh?
1: Uh, it was pretty exciting. Yeah. It was hard work, and it took a long time, and, and kind of paranoid a little bit. Couldn't really put that kind of money in the bank, huh? Uh, no, you can't. You can't use it. That's the problem. Nowadays, it's impossible to do anything illegal. I mean, yeah. you you, can't, you know, there's just too many nets out there trying to catch illegal activities, so I mean, mm-hmm. I wouldn't suggest
0: anybody try it. Now, when was it that you um, finally said, hey, you know what? I've been doing this, I've been having fun, I'm traveling all over the world. I want to I set set a place and call it home. I'm going to move to Hawaii. Well,
1: after, when we left on the tattoos in 75, uh, Lahaina already was home somehow. Uh-huh. I, I didn't own any part of it, but Lahaina, Maui, was considered home, and uh, I would never go back to, you know, California again. Mm-hmm. No offense to California; it's a beautiful state, and and the people are wonderful. But it's it's just you know, You're o- an o- boy. Overpopulation is too crazy for me. I can't yeah. handle even the traffic we have here in Kona. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely good, So man. when I when I got back from that trip that we were just talking about, uh, I I took a little bit of money and went into a partnership with my brother and we rebuilt a house in Walnut Creek and got a legitimate check out of this house for 40 grand. And I had a wonderful Jewish realtor on Maui. Um, Again, I'm on the spot here. Roger Grantham was his name, excuse me. And uh, and he was a friend of everybody in Maui, and he was a realtor, and well, I said, Roger, I said, we got a problem, I said, I got the I got this check for 40 grand, but I haven't worked in 15 years, so I, I don't have any W-2s or any, that kind of stuff that, that you got to, you know, show right. after your down payment. And he said, don't worry about it, just come to my house this afternoon. And I said, okay. So I went to Roger's house, and here's a big jovial jewish realtor and he, he had a beautiful wife and a couple of great kids and we went upstairs to his office and and uh, he leaned underneath his desk there and pulled out a 1099 or a 1040 or whatever you call them tax things and said william crawford you know, took all my information he says how much do we want how much do you suggest how much do you want to make I <laughs> said, <laughs> well, let's make it fifty thousand a year. I if I give the, if I give a forty thousand dollar down payment and I make you know, fifty thousand yeah. a year, I'll be able to make the payments and I bought my first place in Puamana in Lahaina on the south end of Front Street. And uh, two years later we sold that one and bought another one and uh, we bought one for hundred and fifty five and sold it for hundred and eighty, we bought another one for one hundred and thirty five and and Roger made me so, hundred and twelve thousand dollars in four years. Wow. And that and the on the original $40,000 investment. Wow. <laughs> so, so I tell I, yeah, I, I'd been working with Dave Hudson with, with Dave Hudson and I started finest kind of sport fishing on Maui in 72. Uh, and when I'd come back, I'd always have a job. And so I came back with some money and, uh, we pulled the finest kind out of uh, de- the finest kind wouldn't be finest kind if I hadn't finished that trip. And right. when I got back to Lahaina, Rob McGookin from Kona uh-huh. was on the finest kind with a video camera, videoing it for Bill Holt, uh-huh. Hoy. Excuse me, Bill Hoy, who he worked for, who eventually bought uh, the Ho Lily, I believe, uh-huh. and turned it into the Lady. Right. But he wanted a 37 Merritt. So when I got back, I went to Blackies Boatyard where the Finest Kind was, and I said, what are you doing here? And he said, we're thinking about buying the Finest Kind. And I looked at my partner, Dave Hudson, and I said, that's ridiculous. We have money now, let's, let's resurrect, let's do it. Yeah. And uh, that was when I refurbished the Finest and, Kind. How big was that boat? 37 Merritt. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and that's everyone does, doesn't believe me. You know, I mean, I there was kind of an argument, about, you know, between Dave and I, and I ended up getting ripped off for uh, a few, you know, ten grand. But it's no big deal. Yeah,
0: I've had
1: that happen. Yeah, we live too. and yeah. let live. You know, he should have paid me. We agreed. Yeah. You know, we shook hands and agreed, and I let him thirty thousand. He paid me twenty. <laughs>
0: Thirty-seven.
1: Right. He paid me twenty. Yeah. I lent his brother ten grand. I got, didn't get that back either. But those are the only two people in my whole life that ever ripped me off. <laughs> no,
0: <I'm laughs> my not, best friends. Yeah, yeah. We
1: raised our children together. Yeah, yeah. I've had a couple of those
0: myself. Yeah, I think, and I think it's, we all You have. know, we all, we I, I, yeah. don't dwell on. Them. That's no. not. But when did you move to end up moving to Kona? Well,
1: I I, I finally one one day I just because we'd come over here oh, back in the seventies also, and I don't know how I did all this stuff in in this time know, period yeah. that, that I'm telling you. But we used to bring we there weren't enough boats in Kona uh-huh. for the amount of charters that they had for tournaments. There was only eight or ten boats here, so boats used to come from Oahu. And Maui right. to to accommodate so would help the billfish tournament and right. and like that. And as we were over here, I started meeting Rusty. Younger was one of my best friends, and you know, I mean, I can go on and on with a list. Most of them are gone now, passed mm-hmm. away. But uh, uh, we came over from every year for I don't know six or eight, ten years. And uh, finally, I said, I am going to sell this condo in it. and when I do, I'm moving to Kona. Mm-hmm. And I moved over here in 92. I spent 20 years in Maui and 20 I've been in Kona now
0: for since 92. I'm yeah. 24 years. Yeah. And now you're you've got a family of fishermen. Your son Davey boy, um, he's the captain of uh, the Kona Blue. Yes. And um, that's a 50-something foot.
1: 53-foot hydrange.
0: Yeah, beautiful, beautiful boat. Yeah. Uh, Me and him, he considers me one of his good luck charms when we're on that boat. Because every time we go out, whether it's just to empty the toilets or whatever, pump pump, (laughs) pump it out, boom, we get railed by fish. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he loves taking me out. We do those the little night dives, or night, not night dives, but um, he's night hard.
1: Work, he's stages. a hard worker. He works hard. To, on a the-
0: super hard worker, uh-huh. and um, it's good to see him getting in shape too. You know, because he's getting oh, to be man, quite he's, a fat ass for a little while. Well, you know?
1: Yeah, he, he's back down to he's back down to his high school weight. Oh my gosh, he's all ripped. He's swimming every, every day, day and um, his wife. Hey, I wouldn't call him right now. You know, he didn't have too good luck in the in his tournaments. This is the season, of, you know. Yeah. These tournaments that we just went by. There's four tournaments in the last three weeks, and he didn't have a real good, real good luck. So I wouldn't talk to him for a couple of days, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'd pretty much see him every single day. So uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, now, he, how many kids do you have? Uh,
1: David and I have a daughter. Oh, it's over. Or, the, Debbie and I con- yeah, conceived I was say, David, Dave, Dave, David. David and you. <laughs> uh, uh, no, no, <laughs> Debbie and I conceived David, a boy in line in 1974, seventy-three. Right. Yeah, and she went back to oh, Newport Beach, is where her family mm-hmm. was dwelling. Well, it was right three houses away from the Coast Guard station in Newport Beach. Well, they call it Orange County now, but right. uh, before Orange County, it was everybody would say. Everybody wants to make sure you know before kind of <laughs> and uh, her mom, her license plate it was on her Jaguar it was John Wayne Tennis Club Number One. No way. Yeah. So she she had David. Yeah. And she kept him till well, while I was doing all this stuff that we're talking about yeah. sailing around the world, and then in uh, uh, Lahaina, one of our charters said, uh, "I've got a boat." that i'll donate to your business and he brought it around to california from the east coast Uh and we brought it across damn i can't remember the date right now because this microphone's got my mind edgy but but a long time ago it's in the harbor right here uh it's a 47 foot post and uh what's it called uh what's it called uh the little blue one over but Come uh, on, it's your boat. Uh, no, it wasn't then. It, it's gone through several names. Yeah. And we had it only in Lahaina for a short period of time. Uh, but we brought it over, we drove it over from Newport Beach in 82, I think. No. When did we drive that thing over? Anyway, we brought another... They, you know, that was another one of the trips across The that we... So, one
0: of the... There's a lot of trips, it seems. A lot like. of trips from California. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, you've got Dave, your boy. You've got a daughter as well. Yes, and I have a granddaughter. Yes, and now you have a beautiful she granddaughter, Lily, that's running around. And, yeah. And davey yeah. has got a son, Austin. Yes. And, um... Yeah, you're just, you're living the life right now. You're just retired, you're chilling, you're fishing whatever tournaments that you want to fish. I'm making
1: trinkets. I make these trinkets.
0: Yep, you make some of the best Marlin bows and gaffs and canes and clubs. And you're going to have to make something for Doe's Nose now. I might need one of those clubs so I can... Beat all the chicks off with, you know. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> I'm ever... having a big problem right now, you know. Everybody oh, are they? wants Too a many? piece of me. Oh yeah. Too many. Oh my gosh. You oh, mean, this uh, is, this w- is what happens when you get I all know famous. I know every time and... I see a
1: photograph of you on the, one of the exotic islands, you're always lo- yucking it up with the big time surfer boys and the good looking oh, girls. Oh, good looking girls. They follow me everywhere. I can't help it, you know. I'm so when these, when they, when, they when when the boys put on these,
0: come to Fiji with this. You're the guy that does all their leg work, huh? I do all the leg work, exactly. Oh, beautiful. So we're, we're doing it again this uh, year. We go in uh, October, end of October through middle of November. To what's the new? Tavarua. Oh, Tavarua, in yeah, Fiji, yeah. And, yeah, I um, think uh, Shano's uh, advertising that right now, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And then um, we're also, uh, I'm actually going to the Tuamotus in Tahiti. Next month. Oh, so, those yeah. atolls are so beautiful. Yeah, I'm going to be sailing over there, uh,
1: working on a movie, and uh, uh,
0: yeah, super, super every excited. Time,
1: every time you, every time you, people talk about sharks, this and sharks that. Yeah, when you when you jump in the water in those those places, there's there's always a huge barracuda or or half a dozen black reef tip sharks, and white tip right. reef sharks are around with the, around you. And it's like uh, the, you learn how to differentiate between the ones that bother you and the ones you've got to worry about and yeah. the ones you don't want to poke any other fish with. Exactly. And so it's, you know, people are so fascinated with the
0: sharks biting your legs off when it very rarely ever happens. Well, you know, I read, a, I read this thing the other day that actually more people get killed by falling coconuts the shark attacks.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's so a good possibility. 150 people get killed every year. We almost lost Peter, year. and uh, and the Marquesas. We were all standing around after a three-hour hike, and I have a photograph of us. So we're all sweaty and crazy, and we were standing there just talking, having a sip of water, and a coconut missed him by two feet. Peter Fonda. Yes. No
0: way. Yeah, yeah. and he's the guy who's paying all the bills. So we were going, oh man. Thank God he didn't get hurt. Oh, yeah. One of my friends uh, last year, Harold Tashima, he's from here in Kona. He's a lifeguard over in Oahu. He's working uh Ama Bay. Um, and those coconut trees are like 100 feet tall, gigantic enormous. Uh, and one fell. Cracked him right on the noggin. Really? Um, yeah, put him in the hospital. It was pretty nice. Thank God he's... Still alive and with us. It. it does it's happen. Scary as hell. It does happen. Yeah, that's that's a bomb coming out of those trees, man. We were malacologists. We we liked uh, shelling. Yeah. So
1: the the owner, of the San Renberg, the owner of the Firebird, and I. He owns Neutralite. and uh, it's a subsidiary of Amway. Huh. I, I think we already discussed that. Uh, we love to dive and collect shells. And it, you know the shells are the majority of them are nocturnal, uh-huh. so we would go nighttime diving quite a bit, and obviously around dinner i I've been an alcoholic for my whole life, so I, I, we'd jump in the water, and I'd be a little bit intoxicated on it from time to time, and you you'd be looking back at your ass to make sure that you weren't going to get bit right. by something you go you go down. You get into a little ledge and you look around the caverns, and you pu- pu- poke your flashlight in the back of a hole, and there'd be a four hundred pound Napoleon fish sleeping in the back of the oh, hole. No way. Oh yeah, the scale's bigger than your fist. Oh yeah, yeah, they're they're absolutely beautiful. They're wow. beautiful.
0: wow, wow. That's why
1: this. now people are killing them. You know, for I don't know, I guess for photos. Fish. I hope they're good eating, yeah, I really hope they're good eating you yeah, but you know yeah, some of those fish you know you can shoot them when they're when yeah. you they're not moving, that should be illegal, yeah, hundred percent sleeping fish uh, you know they uh, how they when they when they developed a shotgun they made a rule that you weren't allowed to shoot a sitting duck, uh-huh. Right. That's where sitting ducks came from. Right. They developed a shotgun, and you, they made a law that says you can't shoot a sitting... they got to be flying before you can Absolutely. shoot him. That's why you use the dog. Yeah. Well, duck soup is what you did with the evidence. <laughs> yeah.
0: Hell yeah. Hell it's, yeah. Uh, you know, there you go. Now, this has been every, a pretty good podcast. Every time they make a law, there's a way around it. Right. I'm super stoked. Uh, You know, I love hearing all these stories and stuff. And, um, you know, one of the things that I ask people in this podcast, and especially you, you know, you've traveled all over the world. You've been sailing all over the world. Um, I always ask people, you know, do they believe in spirits? Do they believe in aliens, life on other planets? Have they ever experienced, you know, something that's supernatural while they've, you know, at any point in their life? Now, like I said, you've traveled all over the world. You've been in the middle of the ocean for many, many times. Have you ever experienced anything that is just absolutely crazy? That is like you can't even <clears throat> you can't even comprehend. You know, you, you can't explain.
1: Uh, something flying in the middle of the night.
0: Something coming out of the water.
1: You, you know, I, I truly believe that. You know, that in a, every. Uh, the, the the last thing in every atheist mind is going to be God. Mm-hmm. The last thought in his mind is going to be if there is a God. If there is a God. Help, help me, me through now. this thing. <laughs> and and I have done a couple of things, made a couple of jumps that that I couldn't have done on my own. You know, from uh-huh. you know, uh, that were mandatory. Uh, I had a a ship bearing down on us in front of Singapore, and there were four of us, five of us, on the on the boat, and uh, we we were all asleep except for one girl at the helm. And in front of Singapore, they they do circles uh, till, till sunlight, a where they can unload the, right. the tankers or, or or the or the container ships. Not containers, because cargo or or oil, and we we were all down, and one of the girls on the helm started screaming. She saw the container ship, the, the ship go, go, the tanker go by, and then it circled around, and she looked behind us, and it was right there, just right bearing there, on yeah. bearing down on the boat that we were on. And as we all came up on deck, I, I looked at the boat, and we we were sailing, and we had the boom vanged out. It's when it's tied to the bow, so uh-huh. it didn't slap around and make a commotion. And I, I looked at one of the deckhands and I said, "If you don't get to the bow and unvang that sail, so we can pull it in, because was a the motor was on a, a was a, one of those ones where you got to pull the right the, the pull start well, yeah, yeah like we, a long no there you got to... what's it glow plug right you got to heat up the glow plug before the engine will start gotcha and the guy was too impatient and everybody was freaking and i looked my buddy straight in the eyes said, you got it if you don't do that we're all gonna die and he ran up and unvanged it i pulled the main end we pulled over and i i spit on the side of the ship as it went by way so yeah we've had a couple of close calls and we probably shouldn't be alive at this time but but no weird extraterrestrial, uh, kind of stuff, you know? not really. No, no Bermuda Triangle kind of stuff no, uh,
0: no.
1: Um, that I can come up with right now. Because back I, in the days, when I you hate guys to be boring.
0: The Bermuda Triangle, it was firing. Th- shit was disappearing. Uh, yeah. Did you ever go through the Bermuda? Triangle? No, I never. I, not, no,
1: I didn't. I went from. Florida to the Dominican Republic, uh-huh. and the Dominican Republic was fine. <laughs> that was one of the first stories. I wish we could have gotten on that one. And, uh, you know, they, they made us stay in the harbor. They wanted all our money. They, oh, yeah. The harbor master told us we couldn't leave, and our agent, in order to buy and purchase anything, fuel, right. food, you have to have an agent. And the agent, I don't know, he makes whatever he makes. I, I didn't write the check. But the next morning, I, I walked back into town through a huge gate at the, from the dock. And Bombarro was our agent. And he, him and his buddy were drunker than hell from the check that I guess he got from us the day before. Uh-huh. And they loaded me on their shoulder and took me into a bar at 8 o'clock in the morning. I said, no, Bombarro, no, <laughs> no. After a couple of beers, I went. Oh, yeah, okay, all right. Never mind. <laughs> and they gave me a, this beautiful twenty-year-old girl for a couple of days, and made the harbor master keep our boat tied up to the dock for a couple of days. <laughs> 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 all a favor for me. Oh yeah. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> you can't miles, leave. Man. You can't leave. Sorry about that. <laughs> I went, and I was you know, obviously hoping that we didn't leave, <laughs> and they made it. They made it. They arranged it so we didn't. Yeah, or couldn't. Well, it sounds like you had
0: a bunch of fun.
1: Yeah, as there one best part about being a little bit older is that you know we got to see stuff that a lot of people will never see. Yeah, you know my gra- my step grandfather used to work at Fat Jones Stable and. In North Hollywood, when North Hollywood was my great grandmother's house, was the last house in the area to have to get rid of the rabbits and chickens and goats and cows. And my grand step grandfather worked for Fat Jones Stables, who did all the equestrian work for the John Wayne, John Ford movies. You know, Mm -hmm. they they, uh, they they it was not unusual to see them training. Six and eight horse teams, two four and six or eight horse teams for Wells Fargo right you know there in Hollywood. right there in North Hollywood, yeah, yeah. driving them down the street, huh. and when they would turn back, they would go just held Ben for leather back, <laughs> holding down, Luke, they're headed to the barn that's mm-hmm. you know and uh you saw things w- were legal back then that you could never get away with today, and right. They've taken away a lot of fun. A yeah. lot of fun has disappeared that the young people will
0: never see. Yeah, what do you think about our uh, presidential candidates right now? You know? Oh, I don't want to really get into it. They're both nuts. <laughs> I,
1: I, you know, it's one of the most difficult, our I mean, every year. Into,
0: you know, at least our election and everything is kind of turned into a reality TV show, if you ask me. Uh, Yeah, it's not. It's not. Our current president likes to spend a lot of time on you know all the talk shows and having fun with the. uh, Yeah, yeah. He's he's definitely. um, I mean, he's a he's a great man and a good human being. He, it just he can't do everything for everybody. Right. Um, You know, I know that when I vote somebody in the office, um, I think we got so much shit going on in this world that. you know, we really ain't got time for TV shows and and stuff like that. You know, um, Well, he does. I know, I know. I mean, well, you know, I, I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't understand. Change. Yeah, I don't understand it.
1: Why, you know, I mean, I don't understand why uh, more people aren't coming out, coming out to help. Right. I mean, why, why isn't Michael Jordan and Shaq and 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 Oprah and I mean, I'm sure they do a lot of stuff for the communities. Right. I mean, I've, they've got to. I mean, I know they've got so much money that they, they, mu- they must donate heavily into the local, you know, to the local uh, developments. You know, I mean, but I mean, it just it, uh, our situation. I don't even want to get involved in yeah, this because I, I I, to do, get involved in this
0: I can't stuff. say the right thing, <laughs> you know. Especially uh, what we got it going on in our own community, I, you know. You know <laughs> but, yeah,
1: you know the the blacks don't understand the whites, and the, and the and the whites don't understand the blacks. I was raised in a in a ghetto, not a ghetto. What's it? What are they called? A not a ghetto, a, 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 a house. But uh-huh. with a bunch, me and Jackie Baxter lived in the Surfer. Did you surf, cage ever know Jackie Baxter? <laughs> he was he was one of the best. <laughs> and we had a garage down the down a ways away. A buddy of mine opened up his two car garage and put cushions all the way around it for all the transient surfers from Hawaii. And we had Harold Iggy and Blue McCo and Donald Takayama and Peter Pope and and Boogie Kalama and. And, I mean, I can go on and on and on. We'd come through, and Dewey Weber had a shop right down there in Venice. And uh, we used to drink beers in the afternoon, and I I just made the transition for me being a a white Mexican. I'd lived in a Mexican community before we moved to this, and I used to iron my Levi's Uh where we'd polish our french toad shoes or whatever the hell they were called the black <laughs> shoes with the squared squared tips on them and uh-huh. and uh then when i started surfing it was just all it was the transition went to jack purcell tennis shoes and surf shorts and t-shirts uh-huh. so i had to fight every ethnic group in my high school sure. you know because i made the change and um one day I was walking home with, with my girlfriend and she was she was the doll of the town, and I had her books in my hand. And I we came around the corner and all the vatos and the boys were there, and I could tell immediately it was me that they were waiting for, <laughs> and they beat the crap out of me. So a couple of days later, I went to I went to Hawaiian Village. We called the garage. And uh, Peter Pope was there, and Blue Mico was there, and Donatakiyama, and uh, 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 Boogie Kalama. I think he was involved. Anyway, they said, What happened to you? And I said, Well, uh, the boys that caught me in the alley and beat the crap out of me. I had black eyes and bloody ears. And right. They said, Well, they can't do that to you. And I said, Well, they did. And I said, "What time do you go to school?" <laughs> and this is a true story. Yeah. I had five or six big surfer Hawaiian surfers, Hawaiian and California surfers with me. And uh you could you could hear a pin drop in the hallway. Finally, the pin, the the principal of the school came out and said, "You guys can't do this. You got to get out of here." Right. But it let everybody know not to mess with you. Mess with me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That cool. was a great story. As a matter of fact, I'm still friends with Peter Pope. Is lives over in Kauai, and he's, we're back together as friends
0: through via Facebook. Yeah. Well, it's starting to get dark over here. And um, I'm having a hard time seeing your face, so we're going to kind of wrap this thing up.
1: Well, I certainly hope that I haven't been a
0: flop no, you are absolutely wonderful. Well, you know, you know, the, our, it pisses me off when when, when someone gets behind a microphone and looks stupid. So, <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> well, that's the one thing is you cannot look stupid behind a microphone. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Take because some it, pictures of my shit. <laughs> but uh, BC, dude, it's it's awesome having you on here. I'm loving all the stories. Well, I'm stoked that you were interested in uh, getting me on your podcast. Oh, uh, dude, you... I've been s- super stoked. To get you on this podcast, and um, you know I'm excited to hear how you do in the TART tournament that's coming up here soon. Yeah,
1: we'll have to do this again because you know if we get we could get, like get maybe my our buddy mutual friend Kevin here, my Kevin site. and Davey yeah, Boy on dude, here, we're and, and Parker a, we, and a bunch we, of us. yeah, we could we could raise the roof a little bit. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm 100 100 for that. Okay. Oh, well, actually, uh, we should probably get. Brian Tony, in the
0: next few days, he just won a couple of hundred grand. He just won a couple of hundred thousand oh, dollars. My, in a fishing tournament and, here in, in Kona. a fishing tournament. And a lot of the people, they don't realize that, you know, this is high stakes, high big money game, yeah. you know? Yeah. Some of these tournaments are over a million dollars in winnings. Well, and, the, the, uh, Kona, the, the
1: Kona, in the last few years, Jody Bright is the our tournament director. There's yes. another there's another guy that's coming in and doing a tournament and uh, Jody's Jody's uh, he, he's been he's doing it since 1986 I believe yeah and I, I was I've been an original participant in the Tropicilla production uh, uh, tournaments since 86 mm-hmm. and uh, he, he's one of the guys that is we we did a tournament one time and I said well you better get to the bank first thing Monday morning cuz there isn't going to be enough money to satisfy right. all the checks, but Jody's made good on every every check that he's ever written, Yeah, which makes him the best tournament director in the state in,
0: you know... In sport fishing. Well, yeah, in yeah. You know, Hawaiian sport fishing. Yeah, that's, that's huge. A couple of huge. others that are really big. That's huge. Well, he let me jump on the mic the other night and, um, you know, just kind of MC for a little bit, so it was actually kind of fun, and... People are all stoked. They're like, does, we need to get you back up there every time, man. So he's like, yeah,
1: well, it's wow. fun when you're getting a bite here and a bite there and a bite here and a bite there. Yeah. But when we have a bite in Kona and it's going off, it's going off. Y- y- you got you got some paperwork to do. There's Absolutely. a lot of ten, twenty, two 22 hookup, ten, thirty five 35 uh, tag, you know, there's yeah. a lot of stuff that goes on. Phil Parker was one of the best. And now it's um, Rob uh, Engelhart. Yeah, is uh, carries on like uh, like is Phil Parker's. When the Parker family's been
0: involved in corn fishing. Yeah, absolutely. For well, the Parker since the beginning. Huge. Yeah, absolutely huge. But once again, BC, thanks for being on the show. All right, buddy. Thank you for having me. Yeah, can't wait to do it again. And um, good luck on the tournament. Uh,
1: yeah, do uh, 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 we have shows coming up? They don't, I don't know if they show all over, but Pacific Pacific uh, Blues Pacific Blues sport fishing. If, yeah, a, if anybody uh, sees them, what NBC ABC uh, NBC? I, over here? It's KITV channel five. But yeah, that's I don't uh, know. I once the ABC. shows are that's done, ABC. once the shows are done, we can Thursday, start letting Thursday them out nights, think on Facebook and, yeah, yeah, Thursday night at seven o'clock, and sometimes on yeah. But when the show is is are over, we can start. Uh, sliding them out illegally
0: it's going to be so much fun okay buddy cool brother well um, thanks everyone for tuning in until the next time uh, hooey ho thanks BC you bet BC thanks for being on the show bro that was awesome you're awesome and uh, you know thank you everyone for tuning in and listening and this show cannot happen without you guys and it can't happen without our sponsors so let's get right to it you know GoPro. Those little tiny cameras that you guys put on your heads. Those really cool little things that film everything that you do. Well, GoPro has been transforming the way people visually capture and share their lives. What began as an idea to help athletes self-document themselves engaged in their sport, GoPro has become a standard for how people capture themselves engaged in their interests, whatever they may be, from extreme to mainstream, professional to consumer. GoPro enables the world to capture and share its passion in the form of immersive and engaging content. For more info, go to GoPro.com, connect on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Um, Hurley Clothing. You guys all know these guys have the best board shorts on the planet. Bob Hurley's a good friend of mine. He's actually down in Fiji right now wearing all these new killer phantom board shorts with a bunch of his team. And these guys are, you know they're getting barreled. But the great thing is they're wearing the best shorts in the world while they're getting barreled. I'm going to be doing that soon here in a couple of months down there. And I expect to be wearing the same shorts that these guys are wearing. You know, they've got some of the top guys in the business riding for him: John John Florence, Chris Moore, and Philippe Toledo. The list goes on and on. These guys are rad. Um, Hurley is the brand of now and tomorrow for surfers and anyone else interested in getting in the water. Go check them out at Hurley.com. Original Nutritionals. These guys aren't your regular meathead supplement brand. It's just pure basic and essential food and supplements to support what they call a clean athlete lifestyle. My buddy Logan founded the company with a food first approach working with average men and women like you and I to the best action sports stars and team sport athletes in the world. These guys know how to do it right. Head over to com and grab what you need for listening. All you got to do is enter in promo code DOZENOZ at checkout and get 15% off. You know, this stuff's good, man. I've been using the fish oil every day. My joints are feeling really loose and limber. I'm out there surfing and, and moving around. I hiking the lava flows and fishing highly 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 suggest go to nutritionals.com and grab some of this stuff you're going to love it you're going to thank me 50% off those no's also go down to Deuce Gym in Venice Beach where you're going to see Logan down there as well these guys are going to teach you how to create a healthy lifestyle and customize a workout program that fits for you. Whether you're 8 or 80 years old, these guys know how to do it and get you in shape and be healthy. Get those bodies fit and ripped. So go down there, see Logan at Deuce Gym in Venice Beach. Tell him you heard it on Doznos he'll Totally take care of you. Maverick Sport Fishing. Um, Captain Trevor Child right here in Kona. Um, he sponsors this show. It's a great boat. It's 40 foot badass, it's air conditioned these guys do full day charters overnight charters, three quarter day charters, half day charters they have top of the line tackle and fishing gear and they also uh, will help get you on one of these big fish man, could be a thousand pound marlin or a two hundred pound tuna or maybe just a little mai Mai or an ono but you'll never know until you get out here and get on the boat You can give Trevor a call at 808-896-7985. Check him out at mavericksportfishingkona.com. Or you can find him on Instagram and Facebook at Mavericksportfishing. You guys all know I'm a big fan of the ocean, and that's why the big island is my home because of its amazing waters. So if you ever plan on coming over into my backyard and spend some time go see the boys at Kona Boys. These guys have been serving up gear for island life in aloha since 1996. They're the one-stop shop for ocean fun. They operate a legit selection of local style activities, including historical va'a rides. That's the Hawaiian outrigger canoe. Um, paddleboard tours and lessons. And they're one of the only companies permitted to do kayak tours in Kialake Kua Bay. So if you need Rentals for boards, bikes, boogies, or other beach goodies, go to Kona Boys. Um, go talk to our boys Frank and Rock. Tell them you heard it on Doe's Nose, and you'll get 15% off. Whether you're at the Beach Shack down at the King Kamehameha Beach Hotel, or you're at their main store in Captain Cook, or you can go see them at konaboys.com and punch in promo code DOZENOSE, get 15% off. Yeah, you can't beat that. These guys have some really, really high-quality clothes and gear. You're going to love them. Just like I love you. So, once again, thanks for tuning into the show. You guys can always check me out at uh, Dozer Dave Barnett on Facebook. Dozer Dave on Instagram. What is it? Dozer Dave Knows Uh, what is it what is that Twitter the bird thing yeah Twitter and then you can also go to my website at www.dosnose.com and see all kinds of cool bios on each and every one of the guests and all you can also click and hear their their podcast right there so thank you again everyone for tuning in I look forward to talking to you guys next week I've got a really great guest next week you guys are gonna love him Special surprise, can't wait! But I'll tell you next week. All right, until then, who You go, everybody knows, goes, no, everybody knows, goes, no, everybody, 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 everybody knows, goes, and if you don't know, now If you don't know